You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice and ideas, helping businesses and governments prepare for the future. Welcome to our Responsible Business podcast series, putting people and planet at the heart of business. I'm Catherine Lewis and I'm a partner in the banking team here at Trowers and Hamlins. This is the second episode in a series of three short podcasts looking at what the Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosures means for businesses and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Dr Stephanie Heim. Stephanie is a director of Little Blue Research Limited, a member of the TNFD Forum and a fellow of the Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment. In our first episode, we looked at what TNFD is, why it is important and who it applies to. In this episode, we will consider how you can start to prepare and how reporting may be beneficial to your business. Stephanie, we spoke previously about the TNFD framework, so perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit about the origins of TNFD and the TNFD forum. The TNFD was formed in 2021 and its its mission was specifically to try to help businesses include nature in decision making and really address some of the issues seen with biodiversity loss and making a business a part of that conversation. The task force itself consists of 40 individual task force members, um, which includes financial institutions, corporates and market service providers with over 20 trillion in assets, $20 trillion in assets. Uh, the TNFD co-chairs are David Craig and Elizabeth Maremma, and they lead the task force. And that task force is supported by the TNFD forum. And this is a very interesting, um, interesting part of the TNFD framework and how it's been developed over time. It's a consultant grouping of over a thousand institutional supporters and those supporters um, get together over webinars, they provide additional comment to TNFD, also provide some uh, in-kind support if needed Um, and they're made up of a large number of financial institutions and we might touch upon that later in this podcast. In addition to the forum, The TNFD has a knowledge partnership grouping of 18 leading scientific organisations and it has a number of consultation groups. So over time, since 2021, the first launch of the beta release in 2022, there have been consultation groups set up in a number of different countries, providing comment on the framework and helping that framework to develop over time. Uh, Finally, we have the last two elements of the TNFD, the Stewardship Council, which represents the funders and founders of the TNFD. And the funders have been a number of different governments and philanthropic organisations, along with the TNFD Secretariat, which provides the supporting role um, for the task force. Uh, If you want any more information about that, you can find it on tnfd.global. So I, as I understand it, the framework that's been prepared and issued by TNFD, which has been consulted on over the last two to three years, is based broadly on the same framework as was put in place for 
by the task force for climate-related financial disclosures. Is that correct? And what are the main differences, if any, would you say? In terms of the link between TCFD and TNFD, um, both frameworks are based on the same four core elements. That's governance, strategy, risk and impact management, and metrics and targets. And what the TNFD does is really extend or add to the TCFD. So if a company has started to do TCFD and is disclosing according to that framework, the TNFD, I would say, increases the complexity because that there's more than one area to report out on. Um, and that complexity is really driven by the location-based approach of the LEAP framework. So that's the locate, evaluate, assess and prepare framework, but also in particular, the need for stakeholder engagement as, as part of the process as well. So um, there are very definitely some links between the framework, but the TNFD would be more conflict complex and um, would include a number of different areas of nature under under that. So if a business is already complying with TCFD or hasn't yet started complying with either TCFD or begun to think about how it could comply with the TNFD framework, what sort of practical things could they do to start preparing and begin to think about how they should be complying or whether they should be complying? Um, there are a few things companies can do, and maybe while I describe what those are, we should remember that um, the TNFD framework will be launching in September of this year. So these practical uh, these practical uh, suggestions might change in the light of that final version release. But um, the first thing that a company could do uh, is have a look at where and how nature is already included in their risk management process and who owns this. If it's not included in there at all, then you still need to have a bit of an idea about your risk management process because this is effectively where the TCFD and TNFD hook into the to corporate reporting. Um, also looking at your current sustainability reports, if you're producing one, who's actually responsible for elements related to any of the following things, nature, biodiversity, water, pollution, waste, all of those things are under the TNFD framework, whereas climate would be under the TCFD framework. Um, there's a potential that if you're not doing either, going through the process once, potentially with a TNFD lens to it, would be more all-encompassing. But at the moment, all climate references point to the TCFD. There might be a point in the future where these two frameworks are aligned and one framework is put together as a, a sort of future destination for both of those um, for both of those frameworks that we're currently looking at. But for now, there's a 
there's a dividing line between the two of them. And in terms of other other areas you could consider, first of all, really understanding where your operational footprint is and who has that information is very, very important, along with which internal stakeholders might need to be included uh, in any implementation of the TNFD. And Little Blue Research has been quite heavily involved in piloting um, the application of TNFD for businesses here in the UK. So have you done anything in particular that um, businesses could use to help them begin their journey reporting on TNFD? There are a few things that we have done. We have been lucky enough to pilot with three different companies in a range of sectors. So we've looked at the events and publishing sector, the um, biomaterials and forest products sector, and also technology sector. And what we have done is we've put some first steps, some initial considerations together uh, and posted an article on our LinkedIn page that sets out some of the some of the initial steps a business might want to take when looking to implement the TNFD. And and I would say maybe our our top lessons learned are that first of all the data is always there's always more of a gap than you think there will be and that the data tends to reside in many different systems and is handled by many different stakeholders. So getting a a broad range of stakeholders involved in the process can be very helpful. There is always a difficulty then of interlinking this data together as it's coming from different systems. Often these systems aren't designed to talk to each other in the way that would make them most effective for, for TNFD. So it's just something to bear in mind and getting hold of that data and manipulating it into something that's that's useful for this process requires a bit of time and a bit of chasing. Um, and maybe finally, I would say, as a lesson learnt, the number of different publicly available data sets and information on the state of nature, which is what you're going to need to compare your operational supply chain footprint too is changing all the time. So the number of tools and different solutions that are available seem to be gathering gathering pace at the moment. And we expect that to continue as the TNFD frameworks launched in September. So it sounds to me like there's quite a lot of things that a business might need to do in order to prepare. And obviously, at the moment, complying with the requirements of TNFD is, is voluntary. So what are the benefits and what are the, the reasons why a business may actively choose to start looking at this now and begin to think about how it can comply um, and how can reporting um, actually help organisations understand um, how nature impacts their financial performance? So uh, it's a really interesting question and I, I think the benefits of application are quite varied. So operational efficiency is is definitely one area. The focus on waste and pollution under this framework and downstream impact mean that increased operational efficiency it is one area to be re-explored. Um, in addition, you've got 
the supply chain view. So looking at your supply chain and understanding if there's any waste or how you might want to minimise impact, that can also lead to some efficiency gains. Um, there's also the potential for companies to show how they've met sustainability borrowing criteria. So at the moment, there might be no sustainability borrowing criteria when you go to get financial loans and what have you. But what we uh, believe might happen in the future is that actually sustainability criteria might become more prevalent or more prevalent than they are at the moment and you'll need to be able to demonstrate how your company is sustainable so to start doing that now might help you in the future with access to financial capital and the reason to start doing it now is the level of complexity involved you can't switch it on immediately there's there's too much to consider to start the implementation and expect it to work across your supply chain operations and downstream uh, impacts and dependencies. It's going to take companies a while to get through all of those different elements and put the processes in place to collect the relevant information. And there's a lead in time for that. Um, I'd also say that there's a potential policy element to this as well. Our government in the UK has signed up to the Global Biodiversity Framework, one of the targets of which, Target 15, is to encourage businesses to report on their impacts and dependency on nature. So the government has signed up to that. In two years' time, they will have to report on how businesses are starting to report on their impact and dependency on nature and how they have encouraged businesses to do so. So that is a potential policy angle there as well for businesses to be aware of. Um, my final point in terms of potential benefits, it would help you respond to potential investor queries. And I say that in particular because if you look at the Carbon Disclosure Project um, questionnaire, they've already updated those questions to include biodiversity and nature. Those are aligned with the TNFD. So it's, it's another group that might be interested in how you're uh, applying this framework. In terms of how this can help an organisation understand um, its financial performance and how that's been impacted by nature. The really interesting thing about the framework is the use of the, the recommendation to use scenario analysis into the future. And this is going to start bringing out maybe some hidden dependencies that people have not really had to address uh, as yet. So where there are dependencies on clean water and actually you're discharging into a river or, or whatever water source that you might be relying on, the use of future scenario analysis might help pick up that as a potential issue for your company that would potentially impact your financial performance. So um, there is some thinking around that. But in addition, 
given where we are with policy and the need to support the global biodiversity framework commitments around restoration of nature, but also increased protection of nature, it's it's very likely that with some of those commitments, people's operational footprint are going to be in places that are more protected than they were before. And those those protections might mean higher costs to a potential business. So your proximity to vulnerable habitats and whether they're protected or not at the moment might lead to some sort of financial issues in the over the longer term. Thanks, Stephanie. It's all really interesting and there is a lot for businesses to think about going forward. When we come together for our next podcast, we'll be looking at how the TNFD framework interacts with other global reporting standards and frameworks. And I look forward to speaking to you about that soon. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.